This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torber. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influencers, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. Welcome back to Friday's episode of Outspoken. It is so weird because Sophie and I are here together, but Kate, you're on Zoom all the way in Coromandel Valley. You couldn't be bothered to come and join us. Oh, Amy, I could be bothered, but we just thought this might save a little bit of time so I don't have to drive around for like two hours. So, (laughs) so far, so good. I hope it's actually recording properly because I feel like I'm quite comfortable recording this now in my bedroom. (laughs) Well, let's get straight into the social dilemma. And this one has been inspired by Courtney Kardashian and Scott Disick. So for those who don't know, Courtney has been dating Blink-182 drummer Travis Barker. And Scott has got a new younger girlfriend. Her name is Amelia Gray Hamlin. She's 19 and she's the daughter of one of the housewives on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So fans actually spotted Courtney and Travis out to dinner with Scott and Amelia and people were speculating that this was a very, very awkward date. So gossip site Demois, they posted a photo. They didn't actually have a photo of the date, but they posted a tip off that there was this double date. And one person made one hell of a comment. They wrote... It's so odd to me. Like, what does a 2001 baby have to do with these grown-ass people? I know that dinner was awkward as hell. So what's happened is Travis Barker has seen this post and he has liked this comment. So he has confirmed this this dinner was awkward as f- I mean, I don't even think it's just the age difference that's awkward. It's the fact that you're on a double date with two people who had a long-term relationship and have kids together. Like, it would be so bloody awkward. And then you couple that with the fact that Travis is a 45-year-old man who now is making conversations. He's 45. Yeah, with a 19-year-old girl. Mm. He could be her father. He could be. So it got us thinking, what is everyone's thoughts on actually having a double date with your ex? Is this something you guys would do? Is this something you would contemplate if you had children well, with somebody? I think no. F- no, but I think <laughs> the fact that they have children complicates the situation because there are a lot of couples or exes that move on and obviously have to have some sort of good relationship for the children. And so it is nice to see that they are getting along and being able to co-parent in this way. Unfortunately, I feel like I'm quite a petty person and I don't think that I could build myself up enough to go and have dinner with my ex-partner's new 19-year-old girlfriend. Mm. Kate, you've been in some (laughs) awkward situations recently because you keep getting invited (laughs) to events that your, well, your fiancé now, your fiancé's ex is at. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she hasn't turned up to any of them. So I feel like that's kind of <laughs> speaks volumes that, you know, you don't want to be there because she's moved on and got a new partner. But you just I think that's just an awkward thing that no one really wants. You just want to pretend that person doesn't exist. It is. I it mean, is. this isn't this isn't a first for Courtney and Scott, though, because I was watching an old series of the Kardashian that was on nine now. And Courtney invited, was it Sophia Ritchie? Um, mm, on their holiday. recent ex on a holiday. And it was funny because it was Sophia Ritchie that was feeling left out. And I can kind of see how you would feel left out if you've got like, you know, the former couple and their kids. It does act, add an extra element with the, the new partner. So at least they were sort of on even mm. footings at the I dinner. Actually, I actually do feel really sorry for the 19-year-old girl in a sense because could you imagine going to this dinner where there's three people 
who are so much more famous than you. They're older than you. They're probably a bit more sophisticated than you. And you're there awkwardly having Sorry. to try and think of something to say. Sorry. Do you do you actually think Scott Disick's sophisticated? <laughs> well, he is no. quite a bit younger than <laughs> Kourtney Kardashian too. But you know what, Isabel? Kourtney Kardashian, she's friends with Addison Rae, the TikToker star. Yeah. The TikTok star. So, I, you know, isn't she about 22? So I feel like Kourtney does have a bit in common with 20-year-olds. Well, age is just a number at the end of the day. But I just feel it is a very awkward situation. I remember my boyfriend told me that he was actually versing my ex-boyfriend at football. Oh, my gosh. And it was such a sensational situation because sometimes I do thrive off those sort of situations. You know, when you're a fly on the yeah, ball. I, do too. I was not allowed to attend the football game. Is that because you do, do you thrive in those situations? Probably. <laughs> do you know what, though? I think it depends if you are the winner or the loser out of the relationship. And to me... Scott Disick's kind of the loser. Like, it's quite clear that Courtney kind of kicked him out of home. And so I feel like he is on a lower level somewhat. So I feel like if you're the winner in the relationship and you probably dumped the person, then you probably couldn't give a shit if you're seen, Mm. you know, if you see them at an event where it's more the person that's been dumped that would feel funny. Because, Because at the end of the day, the person that's dumped still there's a part of them that would want to be yeah, the but, person that dumped them. But that's what's awkward as well because the new the new series of the Kardashians is out and Scott very much wants to get back with Courtney. But I would love to hear what everybody else thinks. We're going to put a thread in our outspoken Facebook community. So tell us, would you go on a double date with your ex? Dude, are you okay? Totally. <laughs> Ross, you don't seem okay. I'm sorry, it must be the pressure of entertaining. <laughs> feel better if we had some flan. Influencers Sophie Keisha and Amy Lou McCarthy have been slammed for fleeing Melbourne's lockdown. The pair have been labelled tone deaf, entitled and privileged after they escaped to Perth just before Western Australia shut its borders with Victoria. Kate, what is the reasoning behind their departures? Well, the pair left Melbourne under the guise that they are appearing as guest speakers at a Perth event called Sip and Socials. The event's being held at Perth's luxury Ritz-Carlton Hotel on Saturday, June the 5th. So the Sip and Socials event's actually currently touring Australia and there was an event held in Brisbane in April. So the likes of influencers like Steph Pace, Faith Williams, Kelly Howard and Jessica Wilson all appeared as special guests at this event. So originally, this Perth event was meant to be held in Perth on Saturday, the 20th of March, but ironically, it was postponed due to COVID. So this time around, they've sold 400 tickets, which is the maximum tickets they can sell, and each ticket costs a ridiculous $249. So if you look at the ticket revenue alone, this event is already raising $99,600. What's really clear here that the organizers are set to make a lot of money for this event. If you're spending $249 on a ticket, you're going to hope that the special guests and influencers are actually there to attend. Yeah, exactly right. And I think this is why there has been a push to keep the event going. So guests attending the networking event have been told that they will hear from real genuine women who are successful influencers and entrepreneurs that have built their own six-figure brand. So it really seems like your typical influencer event. Guests are invited to get glam for the gram and they're promised the best goodie bag on the planet. Included in that $249 ticket price are drinks, a food station, grazing tables, business market stalls, and also a one hour live panel Q&A with Sophie Keisha and Emmy Lou. Plus, and a bit of, of course, COVID? that goodie bag. Yeah, and a bit of COVID maybe. Mm. Aside so, of COVID. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, Sophie, can you tell us about who is organizing this event? Because this person has actually been dragged into the drama. Well, they've actually kind of made themselves the center of this drama. So the organizer of this event is Emma Williams, who is the founder of Socially M. So she describes herself as an entrepreneur and the brains behind three successful six-figure businesses. Now, I haven't even attended this event, but I'm already feeling a bit sick over the constant mention of these six-figure businesses. I kind of feel like it's a bit of a dick measuring competition at the moment over who has the most successful business. Well, I feel like Sam Mangan's always got a very good approach to these people. And he always says like, well, if these people are so successful, why are they holding like networking events? Like, wouldn't Mm. you just be working in your business? That's right. I love how it's never like, oh, I run a successful five-figure business. It's never, it's always (laughs) six, isn't it? Well, sounds a bit more impressive. Mm. Well, Emma shared on her Instagram story that Sophie and Emmy Lou would not be missing the show despite the lockdown and border closures. So she confirmed that they had undergone COVID-19 tests, which have come back as negative. So she wrote online, we had to postpone the event in March because of the COVID lockdown. So we acted really quickly this time. I had this idea for them to jump on a plane the moment we heard anything to do with the COVID situation in Melbourne. So they took me up on the crazy idea and they are here in Perth. They've had negative tests and they are good to go for the next weekend. So there were a lot of questions following this post over whether Sophie and Emmy Lou should actually be in quarantine at the moment. Emma responded to this saying, no, they arrived before the COVID outbreak in Melbourne and have been in Perth for a while. They have followed all the requirements by the health and premier department. So Kate, can you tell us when did they actually arrive in Perth? Is what Emma is saying correct? Well, the timings are a little bit sketchy, but they are important in determining whether Sophie and Emmy Lou have complied with the government rules. So Victoria's acting premier made the announcement at 7.30 on Thursday morning on the 27th of May that the seven-day circuit breaker lockdown would be in full effect as of 11.59pm that night. So as of recording, sadly, the lockdown has been extended by a further seven days. However, at that time, it was only seven days. So on the first official day of Victoria's lockdown on Friday, the 28th of May, Sophie shared a picture to her Instagram story of the view outside her hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Perth. And she wrote, thank you so much for the Socially M team and the incredibly accommodating staff at the Ritz-Carlton Perth for making the last few very chaotic days easier for myself and the kids. Nothing like spontaneously packing at 2am, right? We were all tested at the airport yesterday and are all negative. So based on that post, it's quite confusing as to when Sophie actually arrived in Perth. So while she thanked the event organizer and the hotel for making her last few days easier, she did say she packed at 2am, which to me signals it was a very last minute decision, particularly with Socially M saying, well, hang on, as soon as we heard of any COVID lockdowns, we rushed them on, you know, onto the plane. So as for Emmy Lou, she claims that she didn't share with her followers her travel plans to Perth because she was actually surprising her family members. Now, to me, this doesn't really make sense because they were aware of the event coming up. So, you know, are they really going to be that surprised that she's suddenly in Perth? Well, it was obviously part of Socially M's crisis management plan to have the pair flown over if there was any mention of COVID because Sophie does mention that she was spontaneously packing at 2 a.m. It's and it's just odd to me that they mentioned this all over social media because I don't know if they expected the backlash that they have received. 
Yeah, well, the thing is, at the end of the day, it does appear like they haven't actually broken any of the government rules because Mm. on Friday, the Western Australian government announced that anyone who arrived from Victoria between Sunday the 16th of May and 10 a.m. on Thursday the 27th of May needs to present for a COVID-19 test and within the next 48 hours remain in self-quarantine until they receive a negative result. So it appears that's what Sophie and Emmy Lou have done. However, There is contention around the fact that Emmy Lou actually lives in Port Melbourne. So there were two exposure sites in Port Melbourne. And if you were in these exposure sites, then you have to quarantine for 14 days if you are visiting Western Australia. So I'm not saying that she definitely was at those exposure sites. She has said she was not. But there are question marks considering that she lives very close to these exposure sites. Well, they just managed to get in last minute, didn't they? It's almost like a bit of a loophole kind of situation. They, The organisers would have known because we've seen people locked out of states in the past during these circuit breaker lockdowns. Mm. We know that if you travel, you know, right at the last minute, you might be able to make it in without having to do yeah. the 14 day quarantine. And obviously they haven't done anything wrong legally, but I think people are questioning whether morally it's okay for them to have done that. Oh, yeah. And there are so many people that are really unhappy with Sophie and Emmy Lou's decision, particularly Victorians. And I, I don't blame them at all. I would be absolutely furious if I saw these influencers who obviously have a lot of privilege to be able to afford to just jump on this flight. And yes, it's paid by the event company. I just feel like it's not a good look to be seen fleeing a lockdown, mm. especially when you are then promoting your pyjama brand. So for those mm. who don't know Sophie Keisha, she has a very successful range of pyjamas. And it seems like she's actually using the COVID situation to actually benefit from. Mm. So she had an interview in the Sydney Morning Herald and it actually came out on Wednesday, which I didn't think was great timing for her considering the bad Mm. press she's been getting around this fleeing lockdown situation. So she actually said, look, last year, I really wanted to be mindful of being sensitive around COVID as I knew the hardship people were facing in the workforce. But in a time where everyone was home and not spending money on winter boots and jackets, they were all spending it on PJs. In one night, we sold over 7,000 pairs. So Keisha had a fantastic year and has really set us up in a great position moving forward. Now, as I said, this didn't really sit well with me. And then she went on to actually send out an email to her database during the most recent lockdown. And the email was entitled a gift for you. And the email read because of the news today in Victoria, we've decided to offer free shipping Australia wide until Thursday, the 3rd of June. Please note there may be some delays in shipping during these times. Now (laughs) I find it hard to believe that this was sent as a goodwill gesture, considering that she has run out on lockdown. Mm, And also she's claimed that she earned 7,000. She sold $7,000 during lockdown. Mm. It seems like a very business driven decision to me. I will be very interested to see how many pajamas she does actually sell through this gimmick because I don't believe it will be as many. I think there's a lot of bad PR around Sophie Keisha at the moment. And if I was a small business owner and I was looking on to see that these two women had fled a lockdown situation and I was having to close my business down for two weeks, yet they are in a situation where they're able to make a shit ton of money by speaking an event, I would be absolutely furious and thinking this is really unfair. Yeah, well, I think people are still pissed off at Sophie Keisha for breaking lockdown rules on multiple occasions last lockdown. So this, seeing her gallivanting around Perth, I mean, she was at a nude yoga class the other day (laughs) and promoting the brand, you know, the the yoga company. I mean, she's getting obviously paid for that. And as I said, we've got no issue with her getting money, but I just think it's extremely tone deaf 
And it's not really a good branding exercise for her. I mean, her brand of pajamas is named after her. So as you said, it will be interesting to see if her behavior has any effect on sales. Don't you think, though, it's a kind of a bad look for the event as well? Because while they haven't broken any rules, people are really angry about it. And I think it goes back to people's changing minds about influencers and how we view them since the pandemic. I think people are just getting more and more annoyed at influencers. And we're seeing even we're even seeing it in Adelaide in terms of all the AFL footballers from Collingwood are allowed Mm. into the state. It seems like there's this hierarchy and normal people aren't allowed to move around. But if you're an influencer or a footy player, go ahead. You can go visit anywhere you want. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's pissed a lot of people off. And you know what? Like while they may have done a COVID test, the Melbourne situation is constantly evolving. So many new exposure sites are popping up Mm. and COVID has an incubation period of 14 days. So what happens if Sophie Keisha and Emmy Lou do end up getting COVID and they go on to infect 400 people at this event? I mean, Mm. that would shut Perth down for months. Yeah. But, and what about like with technology, could they not have been on zoom or something? Surely there was some kind of backup Mm. plan rather than flying them over. Surely Perth, Surely Perth has some influencers that actually live there that could be a part of the event, like the Brisbane event. They were all Brisbane-based influencers to my knowledge. So surely Perth has some influencers that could have stood in. Can I just say, I'd be trying to keep a bit of a low profile if I was them. As you say, I wouldn't want to be gallivanting around too much as they've been doing and putting things publicly on Instagram. But it's, yeah, especially if you're Sophie Keisha, because she has probably been one of the most controversial influencers during this lockdown and COVID period here in Australia. She's constantly <laughs> slammed. She has been constantly slammed by Celeb Spellcheck for breaking the rules. So this is one where you think maybe she would have just stayed in place and not had to put up with the wrath of it all. So while Sophie Keisha and Emmy Lou have managed to flee Melbourne, there is a lot of influencers who didn't actually get their flight quick enough. So the timing of Melbourne's lockdown has been particularly bad for the influencer world with Fashion Week in Sydney occurring this week. So twins Marissa and Rebecca, who run popular Instagram page Twice Blessed, they revealed they actually had to cancel their plans to come to Sydney. So they had planned to fly out to Sydney on a 6.30pm flight on Thursday night but cancelled after New South Wales announced anyone coming from Melbourne would still need to follow lockdown orders. They took to their Instagram story to say what a kick in the guts it had been. So they said going to fashion week isn't just a flashy time to show off nor is it wanky or out of touch. It's our job. The income and potential income generated from fashion week sustains us financially for months. Just as we were rebuilding financially after the horror that was 2020 and spending all this money to get to Sydney, it's it's gut-wrenching to be in this position again. There was also another fashion influencer, Christy Hu, and she posted on Instagram story that she was rushing around packing her bags to get to Sydney and she actually had to delete the story because it was causing so much backlash. Do you guys feel sorry for these influencers who are missing out on Sydney Fashion Week? I definitely do have some sympathy for them because at the end of the day for influencers, it is their career and it is their way that they do make money, particularly for a lot of these fashion influencers who do really take it seriously. So I do feel sorry for anyone who has had to endure the lockdowns that have been going on in Victoria this year and last year because 
it would just be absolutely awful. I do feel sorry for them if it is affecting their livelihood. Then again, there are so many other people who are being affected in far worse circumstances. There are people who are missing out on attending loved ones' funerals. There are people missing out on visiting sick relatives. So there are lots of other cases where people are far worse off. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's horrible, as you said, that they are losing their income. And for me, that's actually a very serious thing because, you know, you guys work in PR, you've experienced having jobs cancelled. So that no one thinks that's great. I think the mm. issue for me here is the fact that they that these influencers are trying to quickly flee Melbourne. And to me, that is kind of very like it's it, the whole point is if you think that you may have been in a hotspot, you need to stay in Melbourne like even though you can get through these loopholes and travel, like it's sort of not the best thing to do. Exactly. It's like travel in general. It's like, should we really be traveling around during a pandemic? Mm. Well, talking about travel, did you guys see influencer Taylor Winterstein and her husband, who's former NRL Frankie Winterstein? They have caused huge outrage because they were publicly defying wearing masks on their flight back from Melbourne to Sydney. To be honest, I have never heard of either of them. But then again, I'm not a huge NRL fan. <laughs> well, Taylor is well known for her anti-vax stance and she has run a wellness program called Tay's Way since 2014. She has been heavily criticized in several South Pacific and Australasian countries for her anti-vaccination rhetoric. And she's held seminars that have been called irresponsible by the Australian Medical Association. And she's even been called a public health threat. Now, Taylor continues to claim that she does not encourage non-vaccination, but rather informed consent and freedom of choice. So on Monday, the 24th of May, just before Melbourne went into lockdown, Taylor shared a photo of her and her husband not wearing a mask on the plane. She captioned the post, peacefully flying to Melbourne and back, mask-free because we have a medical exemption and it's called we are allergic to bullshit. We were the ones... We were the only ones on the plane breathing unrestricted. So much easier advocating for your rights when flying in your own country and speaking English. This pissed me off so much because it gets even worse. It ends up that these guys were posting basically where they were going on their trip to Melbourne and they actually were in two hotspots. Wow. So they visited a restaurant in Brunswick, which is mm -hmm. Brunswick is actually considered a tier two hotspot. So basically you have, you're told you have to get tested and isolate until you have your results. And they were also in Prana house in Thornberry. Now Thornberry is considered a tier one exposure site. So you're meant to get tested and quarantined for 14 days. Now they have not been quarantining and they went on a flight with no mask. Oh my God. It, and it, this is the thing. It takes one fuckwit to ruin it for everyone else. I just mm. think this is or the two. most <laughs> selfish thing you could do. I mean, I'm sorry. How difficult is it to just whack a mask on? So can I ask, well, were they, were they unaware? So they were traveling before all of the lockdown was mentioned. Yeah, so they were traveling on the Monday and the state went into lockdown at 12, uh, 11.59 on Thursday. So there was definitely signs that there were COVID cases happening. And of course, it you know, people have to, tra when they're traveling on a plane, you have to wear a mask. Mm. So they have actually, I believe, said that they, have a, they need a medical exemption when they don't. And they went on to say that that medical exemption was that they don't believe in bullshit. Don't, doesn't but, that show you how how important it is to wear a mask on a plane though. The fact that they were at yeah. these two exposure sites and they're all calling it bullshit on their Insta stories. Well, it's just shut down Melbourne. So it's clearly not bullshit. 
Well, just to wrap things up, I am so interested to see how the event with Sophie Keisha and Emmy Lou is going to unfold on Saturday night. They are having a Q&A, so I do wonder whether they are going to have questions about COVID. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy the podcast, we'd love if you could go and leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to give us a like on Spotify or follow us on Apple Podcasts. We also love seeing where you guys are listening from. So please put up an Insta story and tag us at outspoken underscore the underscore podcast or join in the conversation in Outspoken the Podcast community. 